Okay, guys, and welcome to the third pod- podcast from Roll Out the Barrel, the podcast for UK-based Milwaukee Brewers fans. As we say every every week, not just for the UK, we have plenty of guys in the states that listen to the to the podcast as well. And to those guys, we extend uh, our gratitude. We hope you're all keeping well uh, in these troubled times. But you know, we'll get through this. And the important thing is that we all get through, so we can watch baseball again. And uh, you know what? We'll look up. We'll look back on these times and be able to tell our kids and our grandkids about them. So uh, let's keep safe and keep well, and let's get through this together. With me today is, as ever, the father of all things UK Milwaukee Brewer based. Uh, it's Mark. How are you, Mark? Are you well? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm very good, mate. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, How's the family? Yeah. yeah, doing well, doing well. Um, yeah, obviously enjoying the working from home, so I get to see them a bit more. Um, and uh, yeah, kind of, uh, yeah, just enjoying it, really. Learning to the, the new normal, basically. It's pretty much how it is. Yeah, absolutely. I think the whole of the world is on this uh, in this lockdown at the moment, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. but as ever, we're not doctors, and we certainly are not doom mongers. We're going to talk about no. positive things, and exactly. I think we both not... agreed that this episode is uh, definitely going to be our favourite so far. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, and sort of going on the positivity, the one good thing that this this thing that's happening at the moment can't stop us doing is just talking about baseball. So yeah, you know, we're we can still carry on doing this, which is great. Absolutely. I mean, as you know, I like to talk, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever spoken so much. Uh, Funnily enough, my wife says that I talk a lot as well. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we've got uh, we've got two guys on the show with us today uh, who I won't introduce yet. We'll introduce them in a moment. Um, two big Brewers fans, two very big um, presences on Twitter, uh, and we're going to be talking to those guys shortly about all things Milwaukee, all things Brewers based their thoughts, their projections, and one or two other fun things as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's going to be great, isn't it? It's going to be our first guests on the pod um, and also, you know, to get a, a US kind of perspective on it as well, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Really <laughs> looking forward to that. And, of course, after the we speak to those guys, um, we're going to have the second innings of the Brewers Through the Ages Top Trumps. Oh, so yeah. those guys who listened to the second pod, you'll know that Mark took a dodgy 3-0 lead. A dodgy. Um, <laughs> due to some very strange umpiring decisions. Yeah, yeah, I know. You mean I actually kicked your ass for it? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you hit the ball more than me. I think that was basically yeah, what happened. I think that's but, pretty much um, where it went. I hit, you didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, so towards the end of the show today, we're going to have the second innings on that. And I'm going to see if I can come back and try and tie that game uh, with, uh, with my team this week. So... Yeah, looking forward to that too. Okay, so without any further ado, let's get straight into the pod. Uh, as I said, we've got two uh, two guys from Wisconsin who are going to join us today. And, um, yep, yeah, let's go over and do that now. Okay, so uh, for all you guys in the UK that have tuned into the podcast, we have a real treat for you today. As we mentioned earlier, we have two guys on the line from Milwaukee, well, from Wisconsin, two big, big uh, Brewers fans. So first of all, we have Scott Borkenhagen, who you will probably know as Dr. Scott from at Brew underscore Maths. Um, Somebody who the great Ben Larson describes on a regular occasion as a sabermetrics genius, nonetheless. (laughs) So uh, high praise indeed. Dr. Scott, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to uh, do this. You guys are thousands of miles away, but, uh, you know, I've I've always felt connected to you. So this, this seems natural. Fantastic. Uh, also on the line, uh, we also have Matt Carroll, Matt from uh, at MKE Matt 13 on Twitter, as well as being a, clearly a massive Brewers fan, is also a, a regular contributor to the Reviewing the Brew Brewers blog. Uh, so Matt, thanks for joining us, and how are you today? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Was looking forward to this, um, and been listening to your podcast since it came out. So pleasure to be on. Thank you so much. And of course, we have Mark here as well, Mr. At UK Brew Crew. How are you doing, Mark? Are you well? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yes, yeah, been uh, yeah. working from home, doing usual stuff, you know. So, yeah, we're all right. Yeah. Brilliant. So, um, we're not going to talk about the C word here, about the old coronavirus. Um, obviously, just to kick off, uh, certainly you guys in the States, hopefully you're keeping safe. And, and how's things over there at the moment? Great. Um, you know, I, everybody here, I, I'm a physician and we are pretty protected. All the patients that we're seeing 
are through telehealth. And so we don't have any physical contact with any of our patients. They all come into the clinic or they all come into the clinic basically through the Internet. (laughs) Um, Okay. so we're we're protected in that way. Um, And then my family and everybody is kids are schools are shut down. uh, Stores are shut down. So everybody's just kind of at home. And Matt, yourself? Yeah, I mean, um, the company I work for allows me to work from home during this. So um, I've been one of the few that's been able to keep relatively busy. Um, My wife is at home as well. No kids. So um, I know a lot of people have the challenge of balancing working from home with uh, also watching after the kids. So uh, we don't have that here. But, uh, you know, just trying to get by with, unfortunately, no sports. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) the bummer, isn't it, really? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's at times like this that you realise how important sport is in people's lives. You know, it's um, I, I was I was just reflecting on this with a friend today, and we were talking, and I said that sport, it's it's, I mean, we we love sport generally, okay, but it's 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 important for our mental health as well. When you think about it, it gives us that that stress relief and something to look forward to. Um, and it's only when these things are taken away from you that you really realise how important they are. Yeah, agreed. That's for sure. So, I mean, it brings us on to the, the first point we wanted to uh, to talk to you guys about, really, which is uh, how are you filling your time at the moment uh, with no baseball? Is there anything else to do in life? <laughs> <laughs> I can answer this first and tell you no, there's not. How I'm filling my time without baseball is with baseball. <laughs> yeah. I still am um, running, uh, you know, the Twitter account and on there way too much. Uh, I'm doing raffle right now, two of them, actually. Um, and then I'm, I'm on another podcast called Locked on Brewers with Ben. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep things active. So basically where my, my brain and my heart goes as soon as I'm bored is back to baseball and stats. So I truly am a nerd. <laughs> and long might continue. Yeah, I mean, me and Mark have often reflected on this ourselves and said, you know, if we can't watch baseball, then at least we want to keep talking about baseball. It's important that we just keep the love. How about yourself, Matt? Are you keeping yourself busy outside of work? Yeah, I mean, if anything, I'm trying to watch old games now off of uh, MLB.com. <laughs> it was nice that they opened up for free everything from 2019 and 2018, which, you know, as Brewers fans know, there are plenty of uh, good games <laughs> yeah. and highlights to watch from those years. Um, and then just trying to keep up with writing for the site. I got a kind of bigger piece I'm working on right now, which... During normal times of year when you're trying to balance watching games and going to work, you might not have time for, but these days you get a little bit of extra stuff. So, yeah, just, man, really try not drafting a fantasy baseball team either. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, we've already done that, haven't we, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> we did that we, well before we, this lockdown. No, well, we did our draft about, what, six weeks ago, Mark, I think yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, it was about a week we before it all got shut off. Yeah. <laughs> We got some guys from the UK, some guys from the States, all good to go. And then this whole thing happened. So um, it's one of those things. I mean, what's the general feeling like uh, over in Wisconsin at the moment? Do you think we'll see any baseball this year? And and if we do, um, what what form do you think it will take? Um, you know, there's there's been a couple different uh, things I've heard thrown out there. Um, picking up in the middle of the season, um, condensing the season and playing lots of double double headers. You know, it's it's hard because no one knows, you know, when this is generally going to stop and when we can, you know, even start things back up in a, you know, stadiums empty type setting. You know, that's been thrown out there, too. So it's hard. And I know MLB keeps meeting and kind of coming out with different contingency plans. Um, but then the longer the delay, the more they have to shift those. So it's it, it's really hard to say these days. I don't know if you guys saw the Jeff Passan report uh, on Twitter and on ESPN. Um, they're talking about all 30 teams playing games in the Phoenix area at yeah. the tennis cities, Chase Field, and then some other, you know, possibilities in the area. Um, they're saying that the players would be isolated and sequestered and would basically just go from their vacuum sealed hotel room <laughs> to the stadium to play the games and back. Um, there's no final deal yet because obviously there's so many things up in the air. Yeah, it it, it feels These owners are losing money hand over fist, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and there's there's always a commercial element to this, right? I, I did see that report, and um, part of me part of me was quite excited about it, but then another part of me felt that it was all a little bit forced, and that the game would feel very very. 
don't know, clinical, play behind closed doors, players, you know, bust from one place to another. It just, I don't know, it just feels like it wouldn't be truly baseball. Yeah, and of course the players' union has to agree to any of these decisions. So would they feel safe uh, for the health of their players, the players being away from their family during all of this? Um, there, there'd be a lot of steps to go through before we have an idea. Yeah, I personally, I think there's there's far too many people that you have to keep safe for that to happen, mm-hmm. and it can't be guaranteed at the moment. So I don't even really understand why they're trying to consider it, other than purely for the the financial side of things. You know, it's it seems a little bit stupid to me to try and force something at the moment before we know when we can do something safely. So uh, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I would rather the basically the season was postponed until we could guarantee safety yeah can you imagine if something happened you know like a whole team got infected and then it started to spread or you know it, it would be yeah. a huge issue how do you shut down the season what do you do at, at that point i mean i agree start until you're ready what's the worst that can happen the worst that can happen is we have a season without baseball or we have a year without baseball and as terrible as that sounds for us baseball supporters, it's it's far better than, than this thing um, not being brought under control as, as quickly as possible. So, I mean, there's there's talk about pushing the season back further as well, but I'm, I'm not so sure you want to be playing baseball in Wisconsin in December. It doesn't feel like a sensible option to me. <laughs> not too bad, surely, under a roof, as long as they've got central heating. Well, that's true, heating. actually, yeah. <laughs> as long as they've got central heating. We can play whenever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's, what's yeah. it like playing in Miller Park when it's minus 30 outside, though? I'm guessing there's no heating, so I'm guessing it still feels like a fridge in there. Look, plenty of people still here still uh, grill out in the snow, so you never know. Fair enough. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, the, I bet the Targate parties are interesting. <laughs> yep. Interesting is not the word. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you guys have to come to a tailgate party. Uh, when I saw that you'd never been to one, my eyes yeah. lit up. Uh, it basically is a never-ending uh, sea of cars, grills, and people in brewer's uniforms all getting drunker by the mound. And everyone there kind of plugs into this real uh, sense of camaraderie. I don't know if you guys are Bob Euchre fans, but I'm guessing if you're Brewer fans, you're Bob Euchre fans. And mm. that kind of vibe, the Bob Euchre, hey, we're all here, we're all goofing around, none of this is taken too seriously, that really permeates the parking lot and so there's a real sense of community there and I, i'm pretty sure matt would would agree with me oh yeah 100 percent um i've spent plenty of time in the uh, parking lots of miller park over the years for <laughs> sure after that opens um and yet yeah, it's, it's something else you get there as early as the lecce and uh make sure your friends are parked at least somewhere close to you so you can all gather at one car and then just yeah. see where the day takes you <laughs> you know awesome. what? I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining this. Yeah, I'm imagining this beautiful sunny day in Wisconsin, about to see a Brewers ball game, a few beers, a steak on the barbecue. It just sounds. Uh, I don't know what else a man needs in life. I, amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's uh, put aside the fact that we're not actually playing at the moment and uh, uh, and talk about the Brewers and where we think we're going to be. I mean. The one topic we wanted to talk to you guys about um, was potential frailties in both our defense and our offense. And um, we wanted to start really by having a chat about about the rotation. Now, this year's rotation is very, very different to last year's. Obviously, we lost Gio Gonzalez. We lost Chase Anderson and, uh, and Zach Davis. Um, we've brought in some some new faces or some old new faces, guys like Brett Anderson. We've got Josh Lindblom coming over fresh from Korean baseball. Eric Lauer, who seems an interesting prospect, and uh, David Phelps, again, another experienced pitcher. So on the last podcast, myself and Mark, we, we, we picked our 26-man roster. But when I looked at the stats, that, that pitching felt a little bit weak to me or a little bit um, – it gave me room for, for to, to be nervous. What do you guys think? I mean, we're looking at predictions here because we haven't seen them play in Brewers uniforms yet, but it felt a little bit – I don't know. Do you think it will scare the uh, the opposition's offense? Um, you, you know, it might not at first. Um, but, I mean, how many years since the beginning of the decade has our rotation really scared the other team as it is? Um, I think mm-hmm. the 
big difference this year. And, you know, they went out and got, you know, guys like you mentioned, like Lindblom and Anderson and Lauer, you know, the type of guys that Stearns likes to get. But I think the difference this year from last year is that we now have options. So, you know, last year they started with Burns and Peralta and Woodruff in the rotation, kind of, you know, really unproven, and it kind of blew up on them at first. Woodruff ended up, you know, turning it around, and then we ended up bringing in guys like Gio Gonzalez and, you know, others to kind of, Hauser ended up stepping into the rotation. Now we've got our five, plus we've still got Freddie, who looked very good in Arizona Fall League. You've got Corbett Burns, who looked pretty good in spring training, Um, and even a player like if Shelby Miller, you know, he looked okay in spring training. If he decided to stick around on a minor's deal or something, that would just be more depth. So I think that's where, you know, no, it's not a crazy scary rotation, but I think that's where, you know, we've got a little bit more options than last year, and we get hopefully council feels a little more comfortable going into the year uh, just based off of that. Totally agree. The way that Stearns has crafted this roster this year is he's distributed the risk a little bit more. Last year, we were dependent upon star power kind of guys coming through in clutch moments, and that really manifested in the record. Uh, You look at the record last year, they played 500 ball all year long. Um, I mean, we just go through the splits. April, their win percentage was 519, May 556. June 500, July 480, August 462, and then in September, boom, 741. So, you know, they they suddenly started playing out of their mind in that last month, and that's kind of how they've been playing under CC. You know, they outperforming the run differential and somehow squeaking these games out. Um, I don't think they like winning that way because it's so risky. Um, you know, you need those clutch hits. You need those big moments. Yeah. And if you don't get them, then you flounder. So I think yeah. what they're trying to do is stack the roster a little bit more, build a little more depth in so it doesn't fall on just a few guys. Yeah, definitely. And I think as we talk about the offense in a minute, we've certainly gone for, and on the offense, we've certainly gone for, I think, utility rather than um, those those star players. And, um, you know, we often we often quote the old Moneyball um, uh, baseball model I think the Brewers certainly have excelled in that in in recent years. Um, looking at the numbers and putting together a mathematic a mathematical uh, model of baseball, which I know that Dr. Scott, you're a big fan of that from the from the stuff that you tweet about. Um, and uh, you know, it's great to see the stats come into life, and we certainly saw that, didn't we, in September last year? Which was, as we said, it was it was insane. I mean, to go on that winning run that we did. Um, we were absolutely unbe- unbeatable, and it was it was crazy. But I suppose the one question I'd have there on, on the rotation is, um, a lot of people have spoken about Adrian Hauser making the rotation. He did start for us last year. He started in, in 18 games out of his 35 appearances last year. But the year before that, no start. But he, he barely played any games the year before. So quite untested in, the, in terms of uh, a rotation pitcher. Would you go with him or with the likes of someone like David Phelps? Bearing in mind that he's come back quite strong last year, he was he was out for uh, Tommy John surgery in 2018, came back uh, last year and uh, with an ERA of 3.41 from 40 yard outing. So it seems that that surgery's gone well. So who would your choice be between those two? I I would lean me personally. I would lean towards uh, the guy you just talked about, Mr. Hauser. Um, he seems to be the guy who has always been on the fringe um, with a lot of talent and uh, a good skill set. He's never really been able to consistently perform with the team, and he seems like he's found his niche with the Brewers. Um, every projection I've seen has him as one of the top two or three starters in the rotation, and so I, I think he's pretty safe. Uh, it's pretty safe to say that he'll be in that mix. Yeah, I mean, I agree, too. I, I thought maybe they'd give a little bit more consideration to Hauser as a reliever um, just because he did so well at it last year before putting him into the rotation out of necessity. Um, I don't have the numbers right on me, but he was in, I believe, around the twos in ERA um, through that stretch. But Council really seems, I mean, he was set early this spring training on saying that Hauser had one of those rotation spots. So he he seems determined to get him in there. If, if anything, 
I was hoping maybe they'd consider actually like a Freddie Peralta, um, though he really came on at the end of the year as a reliever too. Just all that talk of him adding an extra that um, that slider that looked pretty good, I guess, in the fall. Um, yeah. And my one hang-up with him, like a lot of people, has always been that he, you know, he was only a two-pitch pitcher, and that profile is better as a reliever. Well, if he is adding a third pitch, could he possibly be successful as a starter? But um, it seems like Council is dead set on Hauser in the rotation, and it's not like that's a terrible option either. I'd agree. I mean, you can look at the numbers all day. Ultimately, you know, these guys have to make a decision, don't they? Um, I think with Freddie, I mean, I, I love Freddie Peralta, and I was delighted that he signed, uh, I'm sure you guys were too, that he, he signed that yes. uh, longer-term contract with us. But, I, I mean, I've always loved to see Freddie coming out of the pen because he's a powerhouse. And to, I think for every starter to know you've got that in the pen, it probably adds a bit of gusto to the starting pitcher's morale as well. So I think he's an excellent, excellent um, bullpen pitcher. Will he make rotation one day? Yes, I think he probably will because I think he probably is good enough. Um but certainly for this year, I'll be happy to see him come out of the pen and do what he does what he does the best. Yeah, I mean he's young. He's got a lot of a uh, lot of years left to determine, you know, whether he goes rotation or uh, reliever for sure. All signs point up on Freddie. Velocity, he's adding pitches. Um, he's a gamer. He plays year round in competitive leagues. Uh, you know, now he's signed to this long term deal, and so. To a certain, uh, you know, degree, the, the pressure's taken off of him. Um, he can kind of develop, and they can see where he fits. They have a little bit more time. He's a developing pitcher, isn't he? So I'm just excited to see where he where he can go as he builds his game more and more, adds extra strength, extra speed, extra variation. He really could be a, an absolute superstar in the future. So it'd be great to map his career with the Brewers going forward. So let's move on to the offense. You can. There's three very big holes that we're trying to fill this season uh, with Moustakis, Grandal and Eric Thames going. And my question to you guys is, do you think with who we've brought in in the closed season that we have a chance of, uh, of bridging the gap that's left by those guys? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the top losses that we had, Grandal, um, and I'm using F-War here, so the fan-based yeah. war system. Um, it, we lost Grandal 5.2 WAR, Moose 2.8, Thames 1.9, and those are the three guys you mentioned. If you go down yep. the whole list, it adds up to 13.6 we lost in WAR. Um, and then you look at the, the gains or the guys we added back in their their position or their spot. Sogard he had a 2.6 WAR last year. Eric Lauer had a 2.3. Anderson had a 2.0. Garcia had a 1.8. Narvaez had a 1.8. So you can see consistent with that distribution of risk they're kind of um bringing more guys in and focusing on depth um so matt i mean let, let, let's pick up the same question with, with with yourself three big boots to fill there with Mustakis, grandal and thames yeah, what are your thoughts on who's going to do that yeah i mean scott was kind of getting at it um if you compare the uh the f war loss to F war gained. Um, it sort of balances out in a very uh, Sternsian way. Um, I like the fact um, that we've got guys like you know Narvaez at catcher. I think will help again. He's only I think it's 26. He, he's only going to continue to improve. Um, offensively, he already looks really polished. And I know Ben actually with Locked On Brewers um, talked with I think it was the Locked On Mariners host about Narvaez, and he talked very highly of him um smoke is a player that you know i brewers fans have actually been kind of clamoring for a little bit to get in milwaukee for a while um and then i think personally i think jerko is a guy who kind of flew under the radar um but if you look at that same stat um the f war um he had an injury last year that you know really just killed his season but in the three seasons before that um, they were 2.2, 2.6, and 1.5 for those uh-huh. three years. That places him in the same territory as Moose and Braun, actually, from last year. So if that's the kind of player... You're taking a lot of risk on some of these players to bounce back from injury. Um, and you have to imagine that one or two of them will. And if he does, you know that's a very solid option to have to be replacing Moose there at third. Will he be the everyday mm-hmm. 
hard to say, but there is, I know there is a lot of kind of grab a bunch of players and see who sticks um, yeah. with some of these signings, but, I mean, law of averages says that some of them will, and as long as they do, you know, you can kind of move on from there, make some moves midseason, you know, whatever you have to do. So um, mm-hmm. I think there's enough there to hopefully replace maybe not all, but at least most of the offensive firepower. And Council and Stearns have both shown the ability to make moves midseason to be able to adjust if necessary. Yeah. I mean, when you look at those new signings, the, the thing that, um, I mean, you, you look at the OPS of, obviously, Mustakis, Grandel and Thames were all posting well above 800 uh, OPS last season. Navarez is a an excellent attacking prospect. He, he posted 8, 813 last year, and the likes of Garcia at 796, uh, Sogard at 786. So there's, there's certainly good batting there. And the thing that I like about it when you look at the, the these positional players is we're certainly going to be looking at platoon this year. You know, the, the word platoon has been mentioned an awful lot. Um, mm. But these guys give us that they're genuine utility players, aren't they? They can play at second base. Um, you got Urias who can play at second base as well as at shortstop. So we we do have the good options there. So they feel like pretty shrewd moves. If they can if they can get the offense uh, working, then I think he puts us into a much stronger position because the guys that moved on were very fixed in their positions, weren't they? So it's given us some variety and some some options as we go through the season, which has to be a positive. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Yeah, uh, I like if those. you look at the way that these these uh, contracts were structured, too, they're all kind of show me contracts. Where Stern, mm. it, Stearns is saying, you know, like basically you got a team <clears throat> option dangled out in front of you, and if you play well this year, you get back on track, you get that big paycheck at the end of it. So uh, the team control is at an all time high, and it seems like they're in good position, not just for this year, but the next couple. Yeah. And why yeah. why do you think it is that um that people outside of Milwaukee don't seem to see us much of a, as a threat this year? Because if you look at the the stats of the people that we've brought in on paper, we could have a very good season. But nobody else seems to believe that we will, whereas obviously we all think that we will be challenging for for top spot and uh, possibly uh, postseason again. Why why do you think that is? One, I think it's just, you know, the the home field effect, everybody kind of, uh, you know, thinks that their team in the preseason is going to be the best. The hopes are at an all time high. Your rivals are all terrible. <laughs> all the guys <laughs> who signed are great. You know, the, it, it's kind of that mentality, I think. But then there's the other part of it that you can't escape um, that a lot of these guys had injuries and they're trying to bounce back. Uh, even Sogard, you look at Sogard and if you go into his advanced metrics, it, it does not look like he's going to be able to repeat what he did last year. He had a career year last year, um, but, you know, his his barrel rates were really low. His exit velocities were low. His launch angle isn't that great. I mean, so if you look at how he's hitting the ball and you take the, the kind of luck factors out of it and chance, Sogard didn't have the best year last year. So I think yeah. there is reason for doubt. And the Brewers aren't a big market team. We're not going to sign a bunch of $30 million pitchers and just ride them to the end. We have to kind of get creative. And I think that's Stern's forte, um, figuring out how these guys fit together. And then you have counsel on the other end of that who knows how to use all this talent. You look at guys like Brock Holt, for example. Um, mm. The guy I can play all over the field. That's a CC dream right there. Um, and so I think what they're going to do is over the course of the season – they're going to figure out where these guys fit and how to maximize their talent. Yeah, so totally agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one position that myself and Mark have spoken about at length is uh, is the catching position. I mean, Mark Mark plays as catcher, so it's a it's a position which is dear to his heart. Um, I, I'm you've probably seen on Twitter. I mean, I'm I, I'm in the Manny Pena camp just because of his of his defense. And I, I posed the question, uh, and I think you guys got involved as well on Twitter. Um, it's a bit of a, I think it's a 50-50 split from what I can gather at the moment. Some people are going for the offense of Navarez and hoping that his DRS will improve, which is, um, it, it's it's pretty shockingly bad at the moment. Um, I think it's the second worst last year behind the Pirates. So, um, yep. but you do get an over 800 OPS uh, batter, uh, whereas Manny's more steady with the bat, but he's more um, more solid defensively. 
And I know that Manny's not the youngest guy in the team either, so we have to think about that. Yeah, who are you playing at, at catcher, guys? I tend to agree, and I think, you know, we kind of had this discussion on Twitter a little bit too, is that I agree with you that it is a pretty close split. Um, Narvaez was not good against uh, lefties last year, and as we saw, Pena did actually really well. He really up well. Um, because they exclusively started playing him against lefties. So I think it'll start off that way. And, you know, if Narvaez shows the ability to all of a sudden be able to hit against both and really explodes, then so be it. He kind of takes, you know, full-time catching. But I would be in the camp that they split time quite a bit to start. Um, As for the defense, I mean, again, Narvaez is young. And you can teach defense. Um, you know, he can be he can be molded into at the very least, I would think, an aver- a league average catcher. But he has a lot of those natural hit tools that are exciting that a lot of times can't be taught. And I think that's exactly what the Brewers thought when they brought him in. Is you know, if we can even just bring him up to speed, just somewhat defensively, think of you know just how great of a catcher we're going to have for several years because he is, again, that young. Well said. Well said. I think, you know, ideally you have Narvaez figure out the defensive end of things and he becomes the all-star catcher that, you know, his ceiling suggests. Uh, Even if he stays where he is, though, you've got a pretty good platoon and a good bat coming off the bench. So that'll please Mark, because Mark's firmly in the Novaya's camp, aren't you? <laughs> well, no, Manny Pena is one of my favourite players, so I have to say that, okay. hands down. But I do think that Novaya's was brought in for a reason, and Manny Pena is going to be De Brewer's kind of almost, uh, not quite as, as big as Braun, but you know he's, he's going to spend most of his career at the Brewers and, and will become kind of that Brewers legend rather than... Uh, rather than the mainstay so um yeah that's that's just my my opinion um i say navias for the attack really rather than playing on the defense i think council's style tends to be more of um get the runs on the board and then we'll defend the lead so um i think navias starts and, and pina comes into close so mm. it's pretty much uh how i see it yeah i think the word options is there again isn't it yeah. this is a team mm-hmm. which is built on options this season and uh I, I, I mentioned on Twitter the other week, you know, uh, the other day about, you know, it, it depends on your game position, doesn't it? And I think Matt uh, commented on this too about, um, you know, you can bring either guy in depending on the position of the game. If you need runs, you got, you're going to want Novaez. If you want to defend a lead in the short term, you're probably going to go with someone like Manny Pena. So, uh, but again, it's options, isn't it? Yeah. And, and one more thing just to add to, um, just think of how much, Narvaez is going to soak in learning how to be a better defender literally just by playing with Pena. I mean, that's yes. going to be huge to him too. So it'll be interesting to see his development in that sense. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Matt, to be honest. He's going to learn from a, uh, a solidly defensive guy. And um, I mean, Manny Pena can't teach him much about batting, but uh, he can certainly work <laughs> on his defensive game, right? Yes. <laughs> so of the new the new signings this uh, in the closed season, which of the guys excite you the most? Um, I guess kind of first off the bat, um, Josh Lindblom. You know, we've had some success recently uh, bringing guys in from overseas. Um, Thames yeah. obviously performed well for, for us um, coming from the Korean leagues. Um, Jay Jackson last year um, really, you know, held his own at the end of the year coming from uh, Japanese leagues. Um, and he was lights out in the minor leagues before that. So, you know, mm. he was a good guy to have around for a year. So, you know, hoping to kind of strike gold there again, I guess. Um, Lindblom, uh, for, I, I know some people have seen the stats, in 194 innings, he struck out 189 and only yeah. walked 29. So he was just, yeah. I mean, he was control, he was blowing guys away, and that's why he was actually Korean League MVP last year. So yes. I'm interested to see what he's worked on those last few years and to see if that translates back to success in the States, you know, like some of these other guys have had. Um, Smoke, um, I did an exercise a few months ago where I overlaid his um, home run, or his spray chart, I should say, on North Park, and it 
looks like he should be, you know, particularly out to left center, he should be able to knock some more out than he did in Toronto, which is a hitter's park in and of itself. Um, now, obviously, you can't 100% guarantee that, but, uh, uh, yeah, I yeah. think he really well in Miller Park. And then Avi Garcia is the other one I really am excited to see. Mm-hmm. He's had some good years in the past, and uh, um, I thought it was – I was really surprised when they said they were bringing him in, but when you consider the plan, his age, the plan to have Braun kind of rotate a little bit between the outfield and first base – um, I think it makes sense, and that 4.2 F WAR season a few years ago sure is uh, tantalizing to see if he can replicate that. So those are the guys that I'm really looking at. Yeah, and I mean, Avasar Garcia was the one guy that we really invested in this uh, this year. Yeah, with 20 million dollar contract for the next two years. But as you say, he comes with some good numbers from from last season. Um, 122 games and just under 800 OPS. So. Um, he's going to give us. He's going to give us some options there. He was the one, the one name that, that stood out for me this year has been an investment. I think picking up on Scott's point earlier, the others are the kind of show me contracts. They're the sort of the one year deals and the, you know, show us what you can do. Show me that you're worth a better deal. Um, whereas Garcia was the one guy we seemed to have been. Well, obviously apart from Yelich, but the, yeah. <laughs> we know that, right? <laughs> but apart from Christian Yelich, um, Garcia is the one guy that we've uh, we've really uh, invested some dollars in this year. So. I'm excited. Um, he seems like a bit of a monster at the plate, so I'm excited to see what he can do for us. Scott, of the new signings uh, in the close season, which names in particular excite you? Well, the guy the guy that jumps out right off the list is, is uh, Holt. I'm excited about Brock Holt. Take your team to the promised land by himself or put him, put him, you know, the brewers on his back. But he's a guy who plays everywhere. He's a spitfire. You know, you bring him off the bench, and he's he's a pretty good clutch hitter. Over the last two years, he's really um, refocused himself at the plate. If you look at his numbers before um, 2017, he was much more of a contact-driven hitter. Um, more recently, he seems to be more focused on launch angle and getting the ball in the air, and it's actually led to the best results he's seen over his career. So can he keep riding that wave and give the Brewers that – kind of spark off the bench? I, I think so. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who plays right into all of CC's strengths. You know, he kind of use him in multiple different ways. He's a team guy, a clubhouse guy, and he'll he'll do whatever it takes. He was very well liked in uh, Boston as well, wasn't he? He loved, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was excited when we signed him. You know, he, he seems just like a real nice guy as well. He seems like a good guy, you know, obviously a good baseball player, but... He seems like a good a good source as well, and that all that helps indeed himself to the fans. Yeah, you read between the lines perfectly there. I think that that's what this roster has been kind of built around: good people. You know, Eric Thames. You can just feel how that guy was a good you know good dude. Yeah. Jesus Aguilar, um, mm. Manny Pena. You go down the list. Even Orlando Arcia. Kind of immaturity has been in and out uh, of his career. You know, and, and maybe a factor in why he hasn't developed, but. Even him, you can tell he's having fun. He loves the guys. You know, they all play hard and play for each other. I think that what I've found as I've gotten older is that more important than any number on a sheet or any statistic you can throw at somebody is if you get a team to play for each other, now you've got something entirely different than guys playing with each other. Yeah, I mean, how, how do you measure passion? Yeah, it's, it's difficult, right? And the, the effect that these guys can bring to the team. So, you know, let's let's pretend that we're playing a, a normal season of baseball and we get to September. Who wins the NL Central? Matt. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you who's not going to win the NL Central, and that's the Pirates. But other than yeah. that, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think we've all agreed the Pirates are going to finish last. Yeah. Right. Oh, I hate to say it, but, you know, in my projections, I have the Cardinals winning it again. Um, yeah. They haven't done a whole lot in the offseason season. Um, but they just always seem to be there. You know, they've got a lot of the same, you know, solid core still left. They've still got Goldschmidt to give Brewers fans nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so for me, I still have them winning it. And then behind them, it's, you know, in my opinion, it's Brewers Reds. Um, I'm not yeah. fully sold on the Reds yet until I see it happen. I know they made so many moves and brought in so many people, including Moose. Yeah. 
but it's just something with them always seems to go, you know, not quite right, even when they do make yeah. a lot of... Yeah, I, I agree, because the Reds should have done better last year. Exactly. In, in yeah. theory, but, you know, obviously completely flunked their lines, really, didn't they? So, um, so yeah, so I'm not... I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think the Reds are going to challenge. I think it's between us, the Cardinals, and the Cubs, really, at the top three. Yep. Yeah, I mean... I think it's a toss-up between the, the big boys, you know, the take the pirates out of the equation and you got those other four and I all have a pretty good shot. Uh, yeah. So it really comes down to, can the brewers reproduce that magic that they have at the end of the season? And uh, you know, maybe it won't come down to that, but it seems like we've got a roster kind of like we have, you know, the last couple of years, we've maximized depth a little bit more, but there's, there's no, guy on our team or collection of guy on our team guys on our team that would suggest that oh we're going to run away with this um and i don't think that that can be said for any team in the central except maybe the reds but then again that's paper champion and they haven't been able to uh you know produce and translate that onto the field and so we'll see to toss the coin for me yeah again myself and mark (laughs) spoke about this and i'm not just saying this because i'm a brewers fan but I genuinely believe that we play in the most exciting league in the whole of the MLB because you're right that the Pirates are struggling. The Pirates are probably going to finish bottom. I think that's uh, that, that's agreed. But you can you can make a case for any of the other four to potentially win. Personally, I agree with you guys. I don't fancy the Reds. They've been the busiest team in the close season. They made some big signings, obviously including Moose. I don't fancy the Cubs. I don't. They, again, they've been very, very quiet. And um, unless their players just turn it on this year, I, I don't see really why they should be considered as as league winners. I think the Cards are always going to be there, and they've got some amazing pitchers. I think on their rotation. But you know what? I think Brewers will just do what Brewers do. We'll just keep plugging away. We'll keep playing for each other. And I, I could really see us at least taking a wild card spot. But it's such an exciting league. You look at the other leagues where you've got the Dodgers and the Yankees, and, the, you know, it's, yeah, whatever. You know, who's well, going to finish second this year? All, all it's not like that in our league. How, yeah. how gutted would you be if you were a Dodgers fan right now with the amount of money that they've spent to try and win this year, and then this year has happened? You know, you've got to be yeah, pretty gutted, well, haven't you? <laughs> well, I've heard, I've heard on social media that Mookie Bits hasn't even got one hit this season yet, so he was a waste of money, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's a zero war for you kids at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so, Matt, you're going with cards, yeah? Yeah, that's. I don't like it, but that's what I'm going with. Scott? Yeah, I mean, you put a gun to my head, and it's it's a coin flip between the cards and the the Brewers. I think the Cubs are in there too. Those three teams are going to be challenging for postseason berths, but um, you know, I, I'm a I'm a home home uh, guy at the end of the day and maybe my bias is showing here but I think that with the energy of these signings Peralta and Yelich kind of the way that this team is coming together and the city's rallying around I think that the magic um, you know it's definitely uh, the stage is set and um, if they can somehow stay competitive through the beginning parts of the season I think that you know with CC on board we're in prime position as long as we're in striking distance um, with him at the helm we're, we're okay uh, you know and it's going to be interesting to see how the, these other teams play uh, you got the Cubs who are you know star-studded there's a lot of guys on their team whose names you, you'd recognize but a lot of them are getting older and make 30 million dollars a year a lot of them mm-hmm. don't even want to be there um and then you, you look at the Cardinals, and I think Matt knows what any NL Central fan knows or anybody who's paid attention, that the Cardinals are just always there. Regardless of what they look like on paper, regardless of how they're projected to play, they're always in the mix. And I don't yeah. know how to explain that, but they are. <laughs> yeah. But I would, definitely say, yeah. I would definitely say they don't have the best shirts in the NL Central. Yeah, that's per the MLB vote. I take it that poll was sponsored by St. Louis, yeah? I, was, Must have I been, didn't right? even see it. I didn't even see it until the end result came up. I was like, where'd that oh, come yeah. from? <laughs> so, Mark, who are you going for? I'm going to put um, a gun to your head. Uh, I'm going to say Cardinals are going to take it, and, and it will yeah. be between us and the Cubs for seconds. Well, I'm going to go with my head, uh, my heart, not my head, and I'm going to say Brewers. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! 
um, by the way, yeah, okay, I cool. want, I want, I don't fancy the Cubs shirt. You said that before, and that that's my favorite line of this whole podcast so far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that. I don't fancy the Cubs. <laughs> and you know it's a real shame because I mean obviously the the Cubs and the Cards were going to play over here in London for two games in June. That's obviously been taken away, but that would have been a great spectacle. I mean, obviously Mark and myself were, were going to that, and and our plan basically was just to sit there and boo, yeah, to boo Drink both boo, teams yeah. for, for three to, hours to solid, obnoxious arseholes <laughs> for two days, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just drink too much beer and be generally unruly. That was that was the plan. So we, uh, yeah, that that plan's been scuffered now. But there you go. Never mind. You, you guys would fit right into Milwaukee. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things which we love in, in Britain about baseball is that we know baseball is a great game. It has its own rules. It has its own mathematical system, these cybermetrics, which, you know, I just I love the stats. But it also has its own language. And um, certainly in Britain, we like that because we haven't got a clue what half of it means. Um <laughs> So certainly for the for the British guys listening in to the guys over in Wisconsin, what are your favourite baseball terms or expressions which you know if you said it to someone in England they wouldn't know what you were talking about? I I, I can go first on this one. I, there's a million of them, and <laughs> I, I wanted to practice saying some of them with an English accent. So I'll make them more familiar for you guys. Uh, yeah, go for it. I could say I could a home run. Let's just talk about that. How many? Words there are for a home run. What are the ones that you guys know of right off the top of your head? Uh, Homer. A dinger. Dinger. Um, <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. All I know is that you can say going gone. Um, <laughs> Moonshot. A bomb. A bomb, yeah. 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 What, my, my favorite one to say with an English accent, though, is a full bagger. A full bagger. One, two, three, full bagger. It, it, it feels and then, like, and then like you should ball, say bagger and you know? then do a round of applause afterwards. So, yes, top hell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I was just, uh, so I, uh, you know, I love these uh, these expressions, but some of the ones it's just it's make me laugh. I mean, I love the expression rhubarb. Now, you know, in England, rhubarb is this thing that we grow and we eat. But in baseball, this is to have a rough up, yeah? To have a fight, yeah? Mm-hmm. A bit of rhubarb. <laughs> yep. Um, we, yep. Or we, a can of corn. Yeah. You know can of corn. So this is an easy catch, a can of corn, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, those, are the, ones I, those are the ones I hate when I'm playing, because I think, don't bugger this up, don't bugger it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what was the one you like, Mark? Was it shag? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to go into the outfield and do some shagging. It was, was uh, particularly funny. <laughs> Um, because shagging's a very different word in our country. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it's more to yeah. have like, intimate relations, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I play in a mixed mixed sex team, so we've got a couple of girls. There is no way I'd be allowed to say, let's go to the outfield and do some shagging, because uh, yes. yeah, I'd probably be thrown out of yes. the team. <laughs> that could certainly limit your career, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm in my prime, mate. I'm 41, you know, I'm just starting out. <laughs> <laughs> How about yourself, Matt? Any any particular uh, expressions that you that you love to use when you're watching or playing the game? Uh, can of corn was number one on my list for sure. Um, I always like when they talk about playing a little chin music, yeah. which is when you get <laughs> one of those pitches up and in, uh, back to hit her out of the box a little bit. Um, I recently came back across the term worm burner, mm. which is just hard hit ground ball. Um, but I think my favorite one, especially to see written out, is Tootblan, the T-O-O-T-B-L-A-N, which is an acronym that stands for Thrown Out on the Base Paths Like a Nincompoop. <laughs> and I was just writing it down here, saying, what does uh, this mean? <laughs> yeah, gee. <laughs> uh, one I came across yesterday and I loved it was... Um, you know, when bases are loaded, this expression to have ducks on the pond. Yeah. But yeah, I like that. That that yep. feels quite romantic to me. I do. I like that. I like that. One. There's like another that. one as well that you you gave me um, that I looked up earlier on. That's something that happens to me quite a lot when I'm playing, and it's a golden sombrero. 
explain that one, Mark, for the, my, the listeners? So basically, a golden sombrero is when a batter strikes out four times in a game. And uh, yeah, I've definitely done that before, um, thinking that I can hit that fast pitcher that's coming up and, oh, I've chased him too much. <laughs> what other game has its own mathematical system, its own rules and its own language? I think that's unique to baseball, surely. But uh, yeah, we, we love that. So it's so good. So good. Obviously, myself and Mark, we, we were big Brewers fans. We love uh, we love going on to Twitter with you guys. We love watching the Brewers play. And we do everything we can, certainly within the UK, to promote the sport of baseball and particularly uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. So if you guys had to add 15 seconds to pitch to um, to someone in the UK who was maybe thinking of watching the game but wasn't too sure, what would that elevator pitch sound like? Why should people in the UK be following baseball? Um, <laughs> my quick pitch that I threw out there, um, if you like math or if you don't, or if you want to watch the perfect sport to relax uh, and have a beer in the sun, or if you just want to relax and have a beer in the sun and not pay attention, Brewers baseball is the sport for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm sold. Absolutely sold on that already. Scott, we were just going to invite you to give us your um, your 15-second elevator pitch to any um, any British fan who wants to know why they should be following baseball and staying up till the early hours of the morning to watch games. Well, that's easy. I would tell them, imagine a sport where you completely invest yourself. It has its own language. It's 162 games. You get connected to players right from the second that they're drafted. You watch them develop and break into the big leagues, it's a real commitment, and you feel it. Um, the people who are baseball fans are not only invested in their team, but their city, and it's a pride issue. If you go to stadiums across the country, they're all reflective of the environment that they were born in, and everything from the food to the culture is reflected in these stadiums. And so if you want to get to know America, you want to get to know how we live and how we play, baseball is the best ticket in. Wow. Awesome. I'll tell you what, that was that was longer than 15 seconds, but that was completely <laughs> fine. But it, but it was <laughs> definitely, worth, definitely worth the wait. <laughs> Listen, guys, um, we've had a few technical issues, uh, but it's been absolutely fantastic. Thanks again for uh, for doing this. So those guys listening, Dr. Scott and Matt, um, these are two of the elite brewers Twitterati. They're great fun to follow. If you're not following them on Twitter, you need to ask yourself why you're not following them. You can find Dr. Scott on at brew underscore maths and Matt at at MKE Matt 13. Follow them both. They're both excellent Twitter pages and... Uh, I personally really enjoy engaging with you guys on Twitter. It certainly brightens my day. And I know Mark feels the same. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Listen, guys, thank you. Stay safe. And let's make sure we do this again. For sure. I'm in. Say when. Okay. Thanks, guys. Matt, take care, fellas. You too. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Cheers, now. Bye-bye. Okay, so... Mark, I know you agree with me. We had uh, we had a real good time talking to uh, to Dr. Scott and to and to Matt uh, last night. Um, it was great to get their perspective on things. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's, do you know what? It's it's brilliant to hear the US perspective on things, isn't it? You know, um, we I mean we can talk amongst ourselves, but we uh, there's so many things that that we probably don't know about that they just naturally do. So um, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, our, our learning experience is definitely going to go up by, uh, uh, or our learning curve will definitely go up by by talking to uh, to the likes of them. So yeah, they were great guests and and really really good guys actually. Really enjoyed chatting to them. So yeah. Yeah, I was going to say probably two of the <laughs> nicest guys I've spoken to in a while. Um, you know, real good guys, knowledgeable, happy to help us along uh, on our baseball journey, which is great. Yeah. Um, and no. Definitely going to have them both on the show again um, uh, in the near future. So listen out for that. And thanks again, guys, for, for taking part. We do appreciate it. Okay, Mark. So uh, now I know you've been putting this off, but it's uh, time for the second innings of the uh, Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers through the ages top trumps. Are you uh, are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping I can hold on to my lead. Let's see what happens. Let's get over to the ball game.
Okay, so here we go. It's now the top of the second. Uh, for those that remember from the first podcast, Mark's taking a 3-0 lead, which, as you can imagine, cheered me up greatly. But we've been practicing, we've been practicing hard, and I'm now, Mark, really confident that this round is going to be mine. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so are we going to play batters this time, yeah? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, my randomly generated year is 1982. It was a good year. I'm going to pick a number now for my batter from one to uh, one to eight as well. We'll keep it the same. Yeah. Okay. Number five. Oh, now this is a name I know. I'm oh. excited about this one. <laughs> so you're okay. going to be three, three nil to you in this inning, is it? <laughs> well, I'd love that. Keep the fans, keep the fans entertained. Okay. Well, your yeah, random exactly. year, then, Mark, is 1975. Okay. So that was a. Uh, uh, a 0.420 season uh, in the AL East. These are great stats. Yeah, we finished fifth out of six in the uh, in that year. And your and randomly generated batting number is four. Oh, I know this person. Oh, this could be a good round then. This could be, couldn't it? So uh, I'm just writing down me uh, me numbers here. Who do you have? I have none other than Robin Yount. Wow. Yes. So I'm, Wait, I'm I feeling slightly time. confident. <laughs> well, you know, this could be a good round because I have seven-time All-Star Paul Molitor. Oh, now this is yeah. going to be interesting, isn't it? So this is going to be good. I'm looking at these stats, and these are exciting me. Exciting yeah. me greatly. Much more than the first innings, I have <laughs> yeah, to say. I was going to say. Okay, now... I've got to play this carefully because you've got a good player there. Right. Yeah. I'm going to pick an OPS of 817. I've got 115, so I'm guessing you win that. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, I've got the wrong have stat. You, have, you, have you picked the right stat? I, I, I chose the OPS plus. Sorry. That's the end run, isn't it? But yeah. I, I need the one next to that, don't I? So, you got it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I've got an OPS of 0.772. Seven seven two. That's so. That's one strike. for you, isn't it? That is a strike for you. Yep. Okay. At bats, ten thousand eight hundred and thirty-five. Oh, I win that one. I have eleven thousand and eight. That's one ball, one strike. Okay. One ball, one strike. <laughs> okay. This has got to be a winner. Wins above replacement. War. 75.7. Oh, that's close. I've got 77.3. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Two balls, one strike. Get okay. it. Stolen bases. 5-0-4. Yeah, you definitely chose the right one there. I have 271. <laughs> you know, I was genuinely <laughs> nervous there. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, oh, what's going to come up here? So. <laughs> two balls, two strikes. RBI, runs batted in, 1,307. Oh, we're so close. I've got 1,406. <laughs> <laughs> right. We have a full house here. Three balls, two strikes. This could go either way. Oh, come I don't know where to go with this one. Come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was confident a minute ago. Yeah, right. I was going to say, you couldn't have lucked out any more, really, could you? So, you know what? My OPS was better than yours, which means, because that's obviously your on-base percentage plus your slugging percentage. I'm yeah. going to go slugging 448. Oh, just 430. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Strike out. So that's... A great big uh, zero for yourself, mate. I needed that. I was really yeah, worried. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that was a hard-fought round, wasn't it? We God. couldn't have uh, couldn't have got two better players, really. Two great players there. Yeah. The the difference between my first innings and the second innings in, in terms of quality was was yeah. quite massive. Yeah. So, um, so, so, so obviously your player, um, what was his name again? Sorry. Um, Paul Molitor. Paul Molitor. So yeah. um, obviously on on Baseball Reference, you've got some stats there. Um, just for, for interest, Robin Yount is a Hall of Famer, two times MVP, three times All-Star, a Golden Glove winner, three times Silver Slugger. Um, and the 
is that the major league player of the year as well so wow. he's pretty decorated i mean obviously yeah i think so yeah here, so, me, so um but yeah so you couldn't have picked anybody worse to go up against really could you well so, but luckily but got the win yeah. Just, just got that third yeah. strike. Um, Hard fought, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. As I say, Molitor is a seven-time All-Star. Um, you know, he doesn't get much better than that. It's like having a five-star general. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, that was quality. Okay, so we move to the bottom of the second. It's still three-nil to the UK Brew Crew. So for yourself, Mark, I'm going to generate you a random year. Yeah. Here we go. You have the year 2010. 2010. Oh, we're coming into times where i might actually know some names yeah the modern era <laughs> and your random number your random batsman is number six okay now i'm going to generate myself a random year 1973 back through the annals of history yeah and my randomly generated position is number four ah so this time i have a short stop I have Tim, an outfielder. Tim Johnson. And I have uh, uh, one and only numero ocho, Ryan Braun. I'll also just close the innings now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you got me in the last one, so you never know. No, I, 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 yeah, I think that uh, Ryan Braun could take this comfortably. Anyway, you know, you're pitching, so it's up to you, mate. I am pitching, yes. So, um, yeah, so shall I start then? Let's go with uh, an interesting one then. RBI, uh, 1,128. Yeah, 84. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, well, I've, I've obviously got a career of however many years, haven't I? So, um, yeah. Yeah. Let's I'm, not go sure from... how long, I'm not sure how many uh, years this guy played for looking at the stats, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm confident I can strike you out here. So, uh, we'll go for... Obviously, runs then 1,066. 116. Oh, it was close. <laughs> <laughs> How very kind of you. Yep. That's two strikes. Two strikes. I think I can go for an 0 and 3 here. So um, I'm going to go for home runs. So I think I've got this one in the bag. Ryan Braun has scored 344 home runs for the Brewers. Ah, well, this is where you see. You were confident then, weren't you? I was. Tim Johnson, in 1973, amongst other years, scored zero home runs. Zero? Zero. <laughs> it doesn't get much worse than that. I'll tell you what, I've got to get my offence sorted here. So at the bottom of the second, it's still 3-0 to the UK Brew Crew. Two good defensive plays there. No, no runs scored in the innings. Next time, Mark, we'll go to the top of the third and do it all over again. Yes, bring it on, mate. <laughs> well, Mark, I'm not going to pretend that I'm not disappointed. Um, <laughs> you find time, you... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I'm, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you maintained yeah. your 3-0 lead. Um, yeah. I'm sure you popped that umpire. You know, he was <laughs> he was squeezing the zone big time for me. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. But hey, you know what? It's only a game, hey. Yeah. Well, it's only the second inning as well, so you know you, you've got plenty of time to catch. <laughs> yeah. So listen, it's been a real full, uh, full and fun podcast uh, tonight. Really enjoyed it. Always enjoy your company, Mark, as ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good therapy, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. We extend our thanks again to, to Dr. Scott and to, and to Matt for uh, joining us and um, giving us their insights. That was absolutely superb. We're going to sign off. And I think from our point of view, we know it's it's tough for people at the moment all around the world. Everyone's in lockdown. It, it's a strange old time. But, you know, all we can do is keep uh, is keep talking and keep spreading the love. Anyone who wants to talk to us, whether that's by uh, via Twitter, so Mark's on at UK Brew Crew, and you can get me at Haders Hair. We'll always talk with you. We'll always engage with you guys if it's baseball related or whatever. So just just reach out to us, and we're always here to talk to you. We're going to keep working on these pods, but I mean, for me and Mark, we want you guys to keep safe so that when we get through this, as we will, uh, we'll have baseball at the other end, and we can uh, 
all enjoy a beer and enjoy the ball game again. Yeah, yeah, my sentiments exactly. Yeah, everybody just stay safe, keep talking, enjoy yourselves. Go careful out there, guys. God bless and uh, go Brewers. Go Brewers. <laughs>